Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we stay in your corner right up until the end as we discuss our favorite television show of all time, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're on the 45th episode in the series, Whose Face Is This Anyway? All right. Well, we've got uh, Rose filming you up close. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she's a filmmaker now. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, hey, you know, it's actually like a really good segue into the Enrique Moss work, you know, and all this stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, this one, you know, it's kind of wacky. It's kind of funny. I, I think this is the one where it's like I giggle at the Fess Parker joke once, but then it's like 17 times they bring mm-hmm. it back up and it's a little too much. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What do you think of this one? Um, yeah, well, so I did Google Fez Parker, and I will say, I don't feel like it's, I, I don't think B. Arthur looks like him, but I see why that was the person they chose to make the joke about. Yes. Um, you know, I always identify this as one I really don't like, um, because I don't love the resolution, which we'll get to, but right. as I was watching it again, there are a lot of really funny lines, and I actually think the line um, of, like, she had me in her corner right up until the end, that, for me, rings as a very, like, accessible um sort of like a a big line from the golden girls you know like i i I always think of that and so i think that um i don't necessarily identify or associate it with this episode but um just to say like i think there's a lot of really funny like worthy bits in here i'm not totally sure how i feel about the plot yeah it's um yeah it's a really it's an interesting one i don't it, it, it tackles what we always see Blanche struggle with and it's an it's in a way that's not one of the better <laughs> struggles I think not like the most dynamic because it gets really it just like zooms the premise is kind of weak and then it just snowballs and snowballs it goes really fast and then it just drops right it's not it's not a it's not the same as when she's dealing with menopause where that feels so heavy and weighted like this one zips 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 all all the way through that storyline but but we'll get to that so <laughs> yeah yeah and I you know I think that 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 is um I do frequently compare this one with End of the Curse, and maybe yeah. that's not fair. Like, End of the Curse is just... It's pretty epic. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> so, yeah, so we we start hilariously with a really nice, like, close-up view of this, like, hilarious rainbow-colored painting above the <laughs> fireplace. Because, like, let's remember there's a fireplace in this Miami home um, with the <laughs> fakest-looking logs that look like they're, like, rolled-up pieces of eight-and-a-half, eleven paper, which they is really are. funny. So, yeah, they probably are. So just get a nice, like, glimpse of that really funny uh, rainbow-colored painting. Um, I also think it's funny, too, because somebody on the Internet said that uh, that painting, or at least a very similar one, was also used in Murder, She Wrote. I have no doubt it's the exact same painting. Wow. Um, but it's really great. It's very 80s. Like, you know, it's like you're talking about Dorothy's like clown blazer a couple episodes back when you're yeah. talking about meeting, you know, uh, meeting Frank, uh, the priest. And it's like, it's just clownish. <laughs> yeah. And also, so speaking of, you know, visual uh, visuals in the opening, Dorothy's blazer that she's wearing, yes. which is like purple leopard print with like geometric shapes and like huge lapels it's incredible it's totally something that like a 20 year old would wear today and be like this shit is sweet i paid 170 dollars for it you know oh my god Um, yeah there's so many of those at beacon's closet are you kidding me yes exactly exactly (laughs) oh my god but uh, um so you know we have Rose with the, the giant honking video camera where you can put a whole VHS tape in, which I just love. And I think it's also, it's it's funny because it's this, it's this roommate thing. It's clearly personalities too, where it's like, I don't know, if my roommate was like, I'm making a video, I'd be like, yeah, sure, that sounds great because I'm a fucking ham. But um, 
but it is funny because you're just like i'm not in the fucking mood like can i just be in my house and now i have to like be on you know it's like there's all these things and particularly from the as we see with blanche this particular age of women and particularly caring so much about how you look like it reminds me the way that dorothy sort of pushes against rose and rose guilt trips are a lot which is unnecessary (laughs) um is it reminds me a lot of like some of my aunts or like extended family where I'm like, Oh, family picture. Like we're in an event. And then they like run away. They like run away Mm. and hide behind stuff. And I'm like, I would tell you if like your hair was out of place or like you had lipstick on your teeth or something, but like you do just look like this. So like you can primp if you want, but like don't hide from my photos. Like I would like to really have like a record of it. And I, I get it. And society is a bitch. (laughs) To women and everything but i also think it's really kind of funny um i i like i could see myself in both sides but much more on the rose side like just come on <laughs> that's really interesting because i i agree i think i could see myself in both sides and the the way i related it is like if somebody's taking a picture of me and i know no one's gonna see it i care much less like you know like mm. i feel like some people take a picture and then they show everybody who's in the picture like right. i don't need to see that <laughs> but if i know it's gonna be in the social media feeds of people that i know i'm like no no you're gonna have to fair. take that again you're gonna use the valencia filter i'm gonna move <laughs> like you know like i i do i i i'm just as vain as blanche and in, in you know in that way and so i right. i do understand why dorothy wouldn't want to do it um yeah but it's I think for her I, whole class right Right. But I guess that's the thing. Like, I wouldn't super care about that because who do I know in that class? But um, it's the but social I get media it. of the 80s. You know, right. you don't know. It could be an eligible bachelor. Right. Uh, <laughs> so. Jim Shoe. Jim Shoe. I know. Oh, my God. Um, also, so, so uh, Blanche walks in, right? And she's like so excited. The way she glides behind the couch, I just noticed like she walks in and she just walks her little dainty walk. And you got to watch it again. Like if anybody's actively <laughs> viewing along or has it ready, just like see how she just glides behind the couch. It's perfect. It's the kind of thing where you're like, how can you make, like you picture Sophia putting a walk to her character, right? Because she's playing a much older woman than the woman that she is. But like, you never really think about the fact that like part of the Blanche character is the way she walks, but like, it just is so perfectly encapsulated by the way that Rue McClanahan does. I was just very, I was very tickled by it. I thought it was great. Yeah, I picture her, um, you know, there's the scene in A League of Their Own where they're like, gracefully and grantfully. Like, I feel like Blanche (laughs) had, you know, she had Miss MacGyver's finishing school. I'm sure she had lessons in in walking like a lady. (laughs) Exactly. Well, definitely we know that in Miss MacGyver's finishing school, she used her legs a lot, so. Yeah, we're not Godzilla attacking the city. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, also, you know, speaking of... (laughs) Well, not speaking of anything, I'm just giggling so much because I'm always (laughs) thinking about all of these Sicily stories as we've talked about uh, before, about like how much is real in these like tellings of Sicily or how much is derived from real life where she's talking about um, some of the neighboring mayors were the finest sopranos because like (laughs) castrating the mayor of the neighboring town was a thing. Yeah, but to be fair, that's her building off of Rosa's sorority, the Alpha Yams, where like anybody could be a member as long as she could castrate, castrate a sheep. A sheep. Yeah, so. it's very true. I mean, it, no, I'm not saying it wasn't relevant to the conversation at all. <laughs> it was definitely a perfect segue, but it just I'm just mentally adding it to the tracker of is this real in Sicily uh, story? So and probably is as we'll hopefully see someday. But um, but yeah, it's just great. Um, also, with trips around the world, you know, we segue into. <laughs> 
Ma, why are you dressed like someone who just escaped from It's a Small World? And it's <laughs> so perfect. Good. It's just like, just one frilly apron does it, right? I'm <laughs> just being like, nobody dresses like that anymore, even in the 1980s. Give me a break. No, and I love that so much because that is, Sophia's always after making money. She yes. And she really, um, Estelle Getty does a great job at acting as though she's acting because it's like, right. it, it's a little bit over the top as, as, it would be but it's not it's not too much when she's like come mother has made you your favorite breakfast it's, just like, it's <laughs> yeah. so funny the whole thing and for just 5.99 the recipe can be yours i love it so much that's such a great scene it is an amazing scene also that lasagna looks amazing but yeah well like, blanche is gonna eat it <laughs> yeah well i mean and that's the other thing right so there's a really interesting take with eating your feelings right and we've talked about this a little bit you know, before of talking about how this, this show obviously plays into those tropes of like, these women are always on a diet. They're always worried about, I mean, like I was just talking about worried about their looks, worried about this, worried about that, but like these sort of unhealthy eating when you are upset (laughs) or overeating rather to be more direct overeating when you're upset is something that's interesting. It's never directly addressed in the show, but it's often kind of joked about. Right. And it's a very like, Kathy woman's comic strip like trope of like oh uh, you know I need some chocolate because I'm upset I'm a woman you know like that kind of <laughs> thing you know where Blanche takes the entire lasagna as opposed to the small you know piece that she just cut out of it kind of thing um, and it's you know it's a good visual gag it gets very funny joke like why what nothing's wrong I'm just eating this whole thing um, but I think it's interesting it's just interesting to note of like something that doesn't directly get addressed in the show but we see it a lot we see it a lot of like in, in a sort of indirect way of venting and talking about problems over cheesecake. But this is one of those more direct calls of like, I'm upset, so I'm going to eat a lot. Right. And I, I like the way that it, that particular piece is done because um, it's not fat phobic, you know, right. to just be like, this is how I handle things. Yeah. Whereas it, it often is when it comes it, oh, up right. later. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and it's interesting because I do think that food and eating habits are very affected by emotions for a lot of people. I, yes. you know, like I don't eat at all when I'm upset, actually. Right. So I feel like it's just it's truly. And when you're that emotional, you're not really thinking about like anything besides your emotions and so you're just doing what's going to make you feel better and for her it's like sitting down and eating the whole lasagna so I I do like it and I think that um actually sort of in contrast to how I generally feel about the resolution of this episode like it's um it's it's good I like I I I like how it's done yeah and you know and, and Dorothy like calls attention to it by asking if she wants to to frost a loin of pork (laughs) to sop it up but yeah it's like it's it's really interesting I just like noted that I hadn't really I hadn't really read into that as much as as I had you know and I think it's also because of just like being an older woman you too and just like also I, I find myself when I am stressed or something like that it's the same idea of like a stress response uh to drink a lot right where you're like I I just want to feel something physically that will distract me from my emotional, mental, you know, anguish, which is really fascinating. So, um, (laughs) but it's also, so anyway, so, you know, Blanche is eating the giant lasagna, all of the thing. They're trying to figure out what's upset, you know, what's upsetting her and her sorority sisters, yada, yada. Um, I think it's super self-aware. It's a really great self-aware moment of Blanche, uh, who is, you know, for the most part, really, really self-aware. Um, she says she's upset. She's like, because I wasn't the center of attention and nobody said I was the prettiest. Like, she's just like very straight up of like, 
you know, calling attention to like, that is exactly what is going on here. Like it's not, it's nothing. It's, it's obviously more deep seated as we've seen, you know, with her in the therapist's office at end of the curse of how this is so inherently tied to her self-worth that she has to be the center of attention and the prettiest. And that's her currency in life. Right. And it's like, it's just a fascinating moment of like, we haven't, it's so very true to life where if you have that tied to your being, no matter if you are in therapy or not, or you're processing it in different ways, like it's just going to come up a bunch of times in life and you're going to have to deal with it each time. They're all going to look a little bit different than the next, but it's like the same through line issue is going to come up. And that's where you get your self-awareness from. You're like, yeah, I know this is a hot button for me. This is going to make me eat a whole lasagna. Yeah. And I think even if you can't necessarily relate to like wanting to be the center of attention or like, you know, thinking that you're going to look better than everyone, which I actually think is more relatable than maybe people are comfortable admitting. Like, you know, yeah, like you no, would, it's true. It's totally understandable that you would go into the situation thinking everybody was going to be like, wow, you know, she looks great. There right. are other things in your life. Like, you know, maybe you've done something at work or like you wrote a paper for school or you're, you know, telling a joke, something that you think is yeah. going to be really big and it, it's not and that letdown um you know like what does rose say like when uh something that like when the curtain falls it really makes a thud i think that's, <laughs> that's like what this is exactly when the mask comes yes off. thank you so um, much oh my god it's but but it's true though and it's like and, and also whoa talk about a self-aware moment of rose right like that's like one of the most intelligent <laughs> things she's ever said using a metaphor what a beautiful language um <laughs> But uh, but you're right. And it's like, it, yeah, not even in just a, a reunion situation, but especially in a reunion situation where you you don't know what's happening, but you know what you're prideful about. And you think that you are going to impress and you absolutely do not, you know, you come up short in that way. But um, but yeah, it's really fascinating. So and it's it's great because obviously it's a relatable thing because Dorothy is like so with her. Right. Again, right up until the end. Right. Like she just <laughs> she understands even if she can't understand exactly the way Blanche does because she's not like Blanche and she's never been the prettiest girl in the room or the attention, you know, she's not, she's not tied to her looks in that exact same way. Um, she obviously empathizes with her until of course she is insulted right. <laughs> by her, you know, Jesus Christ. And speaking of insulting, my God. All right. So we called Dorothy Fest Parker like six times and Joe Pepitone. Like, come on, <laughs> you know, it's like, we're really heavy on the 80s references in this. It's like absolutely incredible. But, yeah, um... actually on that, I Rose was talking about Zardoz. Did you, um, so I looked it up and it's like a 1974 Irish-American science fiction or science fantasy film. Um, and I just noted like Rose is often pulling these like obscure pop culture references out of nowhere. And it reminds me of when she knows all of those terms for like, um, you know, when Blanche is a hypersexual bitch, like she just has these little <laughs> pockets of knowledge that make no sense that she knows. Um, and she's seen this this movie, and she's always like, "Oh, I saw that." You know, I like, love it, Rose. I refuse to believe that you've seen an Irish American science fiction fantasy book. <laughs> <laughs> it was great, so good. Yeah, it's like it's it's. Oh man, that also that's that's actually a perfect subtle note to that exact character trait of Rose Dylan, where yeah. you're just like. I really, you pulled that out of somewhere that I didn't think you had in you, you know? Oh, that's great. Um, so... <laughs> that time I was radioactive. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, um, so, all right, moving, moving on to, you know, the scene where um, <laughs> we have a Sophia 
you know, is is a uh, is the star here, right? Where she's talking to Dorothy, and Dorothy's like, "Hey, you want a cup of tea?" She's like, "Nah, it stains my teeth." And she's like, "Oh, you want some orange juice? No, too acidic." And she goes down this whole thing. She's like, "Can I get you anything?" She's like, "A cup of tea will be." <laughs> um, it's oh my god! It's like I've talked about this so many times, but it's like literally talking to some of my extended family, like the older <laughs> relatives, and you're just like, "I just went in a circle, and I'm just not even going to acknowledge it. I'm just going to roll with the punches." Sure, sure. Do you want that? Okay. You don't want that? Okay. Sure. You want that? All right. Fine. <laughs> It was unbelievable. <laughs> um, but yeah, when she's talking about, uh, you know, describing what she used to look like and all this stuff for getting on the looks, you know, and it's great. You get that little insight into, you know, Sophia, like I was quite a dish back then. Um, she brings that up a lot um, where <laughs> she's like, Dorothy goes, Ma, that's not you. That's your lasagna recipe. <laughs> and then you think she's just going to have some other zinger. She just goes, ah, shut up. Yeah. And I love it. I love it because it's, it's not, it's not only just funny. And it's like, you could call it lazy writing, but it's also like exactly what you would do. You're just like, hey, I'm having a moment here. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I got nothing more to say, except let me just continue on my way. Um, it's magnificent. And it's like that perfect interplay of Dorothy as the daughter sort of checking her mother in her ramblings, right? Remember, she literally just forgot that she turned down <laughs> a cup of tea. <laughs> and then she launches into the story. But like everything is just so epic like they would fight over who got to keep the footprints you left in the mud right it's like another one of those writing moments where <laughs> something is mentioned in the story and it's like hysterical and you sort of laugh at it but the characters don't react and then after a beat the characters react <laughs> it was a poor village dorothy would you have yeah. to collect faberge eggs <laughs> so good but also that, really that's great. really to what we were talking about earlier about sicily like you yes. know, it was so, well, you know, I think that obviously there's some, um, some humor in there, but it, it was so poor that like that was the, the, um, the item was the footprints exactly. in the mud. <laughs> exactly. With her marinara sauce hair, you know, fiery red. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's really, it's a fascinating conversation because then it you know it leads into and Blanche is sitting here and talking about how she's gonna you know basically chop herself up she's doing a new nose a new face and like new breasts all this other stuff <laughs> Sophia goes it was it's a shame to do all that and keep that <laughs> um but it's really it's great when they're chatting about at the kitchen table um a little later where they're saying like oh Dorothy actually says that you know she actually got plastic surgery on her eyes right and she's like she goes I didn't do it for anybody else I did it for me which is such an interesting and very healthy perspective, and one you would expect from Dorothy Spornak, of course. Um, but I also think at the time, you know, I'm, I'm just thinking of the time period this is presented of like, plastic surgery was definitely a thing in the news. And like, it was blowing up and you know, all these Malibu doctors and all this other stuff. And it's just really fascinating to talk about, um, to have an older woman say, that she got it one right to not be embarrassed to admit it right because that's like something you're not supposed to do it's like it's right. like it's the same thing of like you know oh i'm like you know rich and thin but i'm not gonna talk about how i got <laughs> all the hard work that was there it was easy you know that that kind of whole mentality it's like you're not supposed to talk about how you got plastic surgery i just love that dorothy says it straight out you know um but also the distinction that they make um between dyeing your hair and plastic surgery right it's like it's a really it's a good distinction but also at the same time you really do have to think about you can easily write off people who do plastic surgery to look good for other people but we do things every single day that, that could not that is like way beyond just good grooming for health sake 
and to make yourself look good. Right. And there's, there's, it's a whole spectrum of like what you do from a visual standpoint. It's really fascinating. Right. And I, I like Dorothy's reflection. And and I think that that's what I feel is missing from the very end with Blanche is like, I don't know, like I've never had plastic surgery, but I sure would. And I feel like it's very much not something to pass judgment on for other people. And I, I yeah. truly don't get it. Even when, even when there are celebrities who have clearly had, you know, like bad work or too much work or whatever, it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, but if you were on camera all the time, you wouldn't want a single, right. You wouldn't want a single wrinkle either. So mm-hmm. I totally get that. And I think that I, want that to be the message of the episode Dorothy's point about being like I didn't do this for anybody else I did it for myself I don't care that I am not going on dates like I feel better because I look better and I think that we talk about vanity and it comes up here and it comes up you know it it is Blanche's hang-up is is the vanity and it's easy to write that off as like oh you shouldn't be vain that's silly but like that's not realistic and and, no. and people are and also it, you do feel better when you look better so like mm-hmm. I think it would benefit all of us to stop <clears throat> acting as though you know those two things aren't connected and and it's it, you know I think that there's um some criticisms a lot of criticisms actually to be um had about what society considers beautiful and and things oh, like yeah. that but if but you personally need to like the way you look I think to um <clears throat> you know feel as good as you can yeah and you're i mean the point about society is the huge one that's the entire predication of this show that the show was edgy to actually show people that were over 50 who were women <laughs> oh my god you know i mean it's like that's part of this entire premise and to, to your your excellent point i mean it's a double standard you're gonna you're gonna criticize women for the way they look and then you're gonna criticize them for doing something about it right like it's it's insane you know and it's it's really it's one of those things that I had to unlearn as, you know, as a young person, especially as somebody who was fortunate enough to like, I don't have any facial deformities. I'm not pretty traditionally in that way. And I never was the prettiest girl in the room or I never had a Blanche. I, you know, it was much more relevant to, to Dorothy growing up, but it's also like, I, you know, I obviously took in those messages about what it is to be beautiful and felt shitty a lot of times in my life for not matching up to them. But also at the same time, judging, you know, women and especially celebrities and like reading too many fucking, you know, trash catalogs when you read it uh, uh, in the supermarket <laughs> aisle, um, even the one that Elvis talks to beyond the grave, um, <laughs> just like those messages of like, oh, I can't believe she did that. Oh, look at that. Her nose is different. And you're just like, oh, my God, all the shit that you have to unlearn as a woman, but even just as a person in our shitty patriarchal society, it's in, it's incredible. So, yeah, I think it's really interesting watching this episode as an older woman and really understanding those messages, really appreciating the fact that Dorothy is like straight up. I did this. I feel better about myself. And to your point, (laughs) the episode should really kind of end there. That's the message (laughs) here instead of the, uh, the kind of skeezy, you know, plastic surgeon, which we'll get to in a minute. But, um, but yeah, it's just, it's funny because it's just this little scene. It's a little comment Dorothy makes and it's a little comment that, you know, they tease Rose about, like you dye your hair and all this other stuff, right? It's like, it's, there's so much to unpack in just that scene alone about what it says about essentially criticizing women for trying to fucking live in this shitty world of ours. Yes, it would be wonderful if you didn't have to worry about these things, but that's the reality is that you do. 
Yeah, totally. And um, when Blanche is like piecing together, like how her new face is going to look. Um, <laughs> first of all, it reminds me a lot of Death Becomes Her, which I absolutely yes. love. Oh, um, yes. Talk about, oh my God, talk about the topical movie for our right? conversation. Holy shit. So good. And it's so like. It, it always surprises me that Meryl Streep is in that every single time. I know. It's the best. But what a guess. And like, it's the same thing. It's like, once you find one thing you don't like about yourself, it's very easy to find other things and then yes. only have those things. Like, to totally forget about, like, maybe you, and I can't remember where I heard this, but like, the one tip is like, find one thing that you like about yourself and then you'll start to find mm-hmm. other things. Like, maybe you think you have nice teeth or maybe you're like, really, you have yeah. really great hair or something, you know, like, but we don't, teach that at all we no, you know we teach like find not. the bad things and fix them and so I think that I am you know to again use the line of being in her corner I am in Blanche's corner the whole time and even at the end I think it's <laughs> fine I just I really wish that she came to the conclusion of of either getting the surgery or not getting the surgery I actually don't right. care I just wish that it was because she felt good about herself and not because some man asked her out right you're right you're right that's exactly it um yeah <laughs> it is funny because it's kind of um <laughs> similar to professor cooper where it's like the whole thing where it's like oh yeah i did it myself i earned my degree and like all this other stuff it's like oh but i was passed over at the museum because this woman used her body to get a job right. and you're like wait what this was the whole moral you guys <laughs> it's not quite i mean it's quite it's a little bit worse than that because that one at least has like oh i at least i'll always have my degree when her butt turns to mush but still it's yeah. just kind of funny same thing oh um Okay, so back in that, that conversation, right, before we get to the plastic surgeon, there's the Olga Fetchik story. Yeah. <laughs> and Sophia, perfectly. Again, we talked about, you know, um, the, <laughs> the previous episode when Angela visits and, you know, everybody knows that a Rose story is coming, right? And it's like they're already, you know, we're, we're just in the second season. They're already, like, really starting to play with it in really fun ways, which is like Sophia going, just a minute, Rose, and puts on her headphones. <laughs> It is unreal. I love it so much. Um, but at the, the conclusion of that story, right, where she's like, they become the internationally renowned team of Step and Fetching. <laughs> and there's this, like, long, like, hilarious laugh, right? It's like, okay. So, you know, for, um, again, I think we've mentioned this before, but just another plug, because I'm so excited about it. Matt Browning is coming out with the Golden Girls reference guide to explain such references to even people like me who were born in 1984, who have no idea what the hell they're talking about. So, <laughs> Stepan Fetchik was actually um, this um, American vaudeville guy and like a comedy and film actor. He's like actually considered to be the first black actor to have a successful film career. Um, and his name was Stepan Fetchik. <laughs> <laughs> That's the joke. That's all this. <laughs> it's just a joke off of a vaudeville guy. But it was just, it's really just one of those really funny ones, especially when I'm younger watching the show being like, oh, okay. <laughs> What what did I miss? This episode has a lot of those. Like you said, there's a, oh, a yeah. there's like a Gavin McCloud references. And I found myself <laughs> this time because of because we're doing this, Googling them, but normally I just be like, you know, sometimes I can get it from context or I can like sort of yeah. get and I'm like, aha, that's funny, I'm in on the joke. There's but... a lot of visuals in this <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. You're right. And actually, yeah, the Gavin McLeod joke, at least as far as I could tell from Google image search, because of course it did the same thing, um, is that he has an enormous smile that actually kind of miss 
fits his face. So it's actually kind of perfect when you would have like, you know, a ransom note cut out yeah. of someone's built face. And that's actually, I thought that was actually a pretty good writer joke. It was pretty nice. Unfortunate for Mr. Gavin McLeod, who was, you know, being made fun of his looks, just like the premise of this episode is about. Right, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so what do you think, what do you think of the plastic surgeon, right? Like, I, I think the guy is perfectly cast because he's like just enough skis and just enough like, caring comfort i don't know it's just like he struck me as he acted it very well yeah yeah i agree and i think that that's a good um it's written really well i think that it's like because if it was a totally legitimate plastic surgeon you wouldn't really be able to you know have the story go as it is because like right theoretically shouldn't be asking out his patients but whatever um (laughs) there's a lot of medical malpractice in this series um but yeah i think he's great he's he's a little bit creepy like you said he's a little bit like sort of um I I can't really think of the word but he's like oh I'm gonna fix it for you you know like there's like a a sort of Mm -hmm. and he clearly wants to make her comfortable but he does have that um sort of like referential bit where he's like you know it's not magic it's not gonna essentially it's not gonna make you feel better about yourself it's just gonna fix these little parts um oh, well, so i appreciate yeah. that and it's a shame i definitely appreciate it but it's just a shame that it has to come from like mansplaining the game right, exactly. you know like it it should as we've referenced before in like end of the curse you know blanche is saying like it was you girls like you let me carry on and like you guys supported me through this like i want i want blanche to come to that conclusion like you said before not through the date from the guy but from herself and from her conversations with the girls like that's that's what you know somebody needs to talk blanche out of this drastic surgery for sure and somebody needs to make the point that it's actually not going to fix what's inside of her but it's like i don't want to hear from you right exactly <laughs> i'd rather hear from really... mr diodoro <laughs> yeah right exactly <laughs> Incidentally, are Italian penises supposed to be different? I don't know. I never heard that. But, you know, I'm not really, that's not really my niche news. (laughs) (laughs) I think you got yourself one hell of a lawsuit there, Blanche. (laughs) It's such a great, ridiculous line. Um, But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I always noted that. I was like, I don't know. There's a ton of Jewish jokes in here. That I can understand. But I guess, I guess from the same, in the same vein of they should be circumcised. I have no idea. I mean, theoretically, <laughs> Sophia would probably have only ever seen Italian penises, right? <clears throat> That's, I mean, theoretically, exactly. And she, well, I don't know. I mean, Vincent Van Gogh and, you know. Like, right. Uh, <laughs> Pablo Picasso. <laughs> I know, exactly. So I was like, man, there's, there's a whole, there's a whole round Europe, <laughs> a round Europe tour that she supposedly did. So who knows? Um, anyway, I, <laughs> It's it's it is kind of hilarious too because we get a very brief hospital scene, which of course is the same hospital room as when Dorothy is getting her Morton's neuroma fix, which is of course reminding me of that ridiculous hospital scene of uh, you know the American healthcare system. And we'll get plenty again, but it is kind of funny that it's just kind of a teaser. We get a penis joke and then they're out of there like, just <laughs> as fast. That's how I operate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I I um I adore the uh, and it's almost like a it's like a um a little you know, hint to murder mysteries afoot in the far, far future. It's like when uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sophia and the, 
is coming in and they're all trying to look for Blanche and she goes you know the coffee's still warm she's like so excited about it when she comes in and Dorothy shoots her down she's like excuse me Miss Marple I'm new at this it's so cute it's the cutest thing I'm just like yes I figured it out you know it reminds me of like a little kid like a like an eight-year-old or something that you try to engage in like some older task and they're like yeah yeah let's do this yeah like, she's so pumped about it um you know, the, the ending, like you said, it, it doesn't deliver in the way that you want. I do like Blanche's line of like sort of, she, <laughs> she doesn't say je ne sais quoi, but that's what she means, right? She's like tampering with sort of the je ne sais quoi of me, like who knows what that would, would you know, result in. And it's kind of interesting because it re- actually reminds me of like the famous line from Barbara Streisand as people are always like, your nose is really big. Why didn't you get a nose job? And she's like, because I'm a singer and like, I, I don't know how that would affect my singing voice. You know, I'm not willing to take that chance. And it's kind of interesting because I don't know for like, for so many things in life, like the, the way I approach it is like, take the chance, right? Like you don't, you can't just sit here wondering and like be like too conservative about like, oh, I don't know, it could turn out bad. But like, I don't know, plastic surgery and particularly drastic plastic surgery is one of those exceptions where you really do need to take it with like a huge grain of salt to be like, no, it actually could work out not as good. So let's really break it down. So um, yeah, I mean, you know, the episode uh, (laughs) at me in its corner right up until the end. I think it's pretty good. All right. Well, join us next time. We're going to tackle problematic issues such as unfair immigration <laughs> policies and Wiedenfrugens.